Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Melissa Fixie. We're writers for Sci-Fi Wire's fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Alyssa. Um, (laughs) It's another day. (laughs) Another day just like yesterday. (laughs) Well, not just like yesterday, because I texted you in a panic yesterday. (laughs) That's true. I was quite confused to receive that text message, but, you know... (sighs) I'm having trouble distinguishing days of the week at this point. Um, mm. So I thought it was Wednesday yesterday, which was Tuesday, and um, Wednesday is it one wasn't. of our recording days. Mm. Um, yeah, so I had that little like moment of panic, and then I, I realized I need to um, <laughs> put a calendar on the wall because mm. that's where we're at. Um, yeah. These are dark times. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, then, you know, you realized that it was Tuesday and you had a few extra hours you didn't expect to have, so. I did, all all, I mean. Silver lining. That's true, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, Alyssa. You're welcome, um, you're welcome. And I'm sorry to have panicked you for that, like, quick second, um, but, yeah, all's good, all's good. Um, right. Let's get into this episode because, again, another episode just packed with yes, things that are happening. Yes, this season, oh my god, it's so good. Like they are they're just like coming hard. they're killing it. Like, yeah. They really are. Like it's a lot. It is a lot. So, it, yeah, let's get into it. So basically we're saying you need us <laughs> because right to we're, process we're, emotionally yeah. what's happening on screen because it's so much. We're taking notes. We're here for you. So, um <clears throat> we open the episode uh, everyone's kind of heading back to Mercia, and they're carting Ethelred um, in, not looking good. I mean, he's about brain's as pale as I out am. Of, yeah, brain's <laughs> still out of the back of his head. It's a bad yeah. wound. He's yeah. not in a good way. I, I think we knew that he probably wasn't going to recover from this. Stop praying for him to die. We will be blamed for this. What if we blame him first? The Elderman that survived... Um, you know, Canute's armies are rightly, you know, pissed off at Ethelred for abandoning yeah. them and um, going into East Anglia. I mean, that kingdom has really nothing to offer, and um, they were left, you know, to defend themselves, and it didn't go well, obviously. And so um, while he's kind of laid up in bed, they're all circling him like vultures because sure. they're ready for him to go so that they can kind of get their country back on track. And you know, maybe it's in bad taste, but like also I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this this episode is basically the last kingdom's take on succession. So mm. like, you know, Athelred's dying. He's, you know, he left his kingdom insecure because yes, technically he does have a daughter, but it's not his daughter. We all know that's Eric's daughter. And so he doesn't have an heir. He doesn't have uh, you know, a real clean 
handoff system because he assumed he was going to, you know, live for a long time because he's still, he was still young and vibrant, but now everything is up in the air. Um, and, you know, he didn't have a plan. And, you know, yeah, like you said, like these eldermen, a lot of them lost their sons, a lot of them lost their land and their people. And so they are, you know, they're mad and they mm. are not necessarily thinking in a way that benefits people at large. They're mostly trying to, you know, they claim they're trying to keep the peace in Mercia, but they're really trying to find some sort of payment feels like the wrong word, mm. but some some sort of thing to atone for what they've lost at the hand, you know, at the mishandling of Athel Red. So yeah, nobody's, nobody's thinking, you know, altruistically at this point. No, there's definitely grabs for power being made. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to see how uh, Erdwolf kind of capitalizes on this moment. So he sure. he knows, you know, so Ethelred can, still does not really remember much. And um, so Erdwolf takes this opportunity as he's lay, lying up in bed um, to be like, well, you wanted us to go to East Anglia. He tells the elderman, I tried to reason with him. It basically kind of takes the blame off of himself because Edith, you know, is concerned and rightly so that if Ethelred dies, the elderman will place the blame on them um, mm-hmm. because you need someone alive to direct your anger towards. Right. And um, so, yeah, so they're really kind of covering their their tracks at this point and doing a pretty good job of it. And it helps that Ethelred has, like, temporary amnesia about all of the shit that went down <laughs> last episode. Right. right. When you lose that much blood, you're not really at your mental best. Yeah, I mean, when you're saying, like, oh, we were so in love to the woman that you, like, forcibly, like, raped the last episode, it's just, I don't know. Yes, he's dying, but honestly, I could not be happier. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I was, you know, I was watching this episode, and, like, you know, he has these moments where he's apologetic, and I'm like, good, you better apologize. You've been a shithead for three seasons. I'm not gonna... I'm not going to shed any tears over you dying now just because you're feeling a grain of remorse. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, it's it's a lot. And I think it was really smart at the beginning of the season for um, Athelfled to ensure that her daughter Elfwyn is away from mm -hmm. all of this. Um, so we get to meet, um, Uhtred's daughter, Stiora, who is already a favorite. Um, the best. Yeah, amazing. She looks exactly like her mother. She's got yes. her dad's spirit. It's just, it's, she's wonderful. I love her. Um, so yeah, she's watching Elfwyn and Athelstan, um, Edward's secret son. So she's, mm-hmm. you know, holding down the fort in a big way for someone who is so young. But yeah, she's, she's sort of handling that responsibility. And it's a really good thing that, Athelfled had the foresight to sort of keep Elfwyn away because immediate, I mean, like immediately everybody's like, all right, so we're going to use the daughter and married her off to some creep so that we can preserve Mercy and Wessex. Correct? Correct. And yes. it's just, I mean, Women Athelfled, are cattle. Yes, we agree. Right, sure. <laughs> right. Bargaining chip, even though she's a literal child, we're going to marry her off to some crude dude. Yeah, of course. Um, and Athelflaed <laughs> knew that. She, she knew that, like, it was going to be bad. And mm. so she, uh, and she was right. As soon as Edward 
comes to Mercia and starts like making deals, it's I mean, it's immediately that immediately apparent that he doesn't view Aelfwin as a human being as much as a bargaining chip. Yeah, and and I really liked that um, you know they took the time for Ethelflaed and Utra to come to Saltwich and um, mm-hmm. to to reunite with their kids. One, it's yeah. just nice to see Utra have a relationship with one of his children that's really positive, positive, yeah, and warm and loving. And she obviously admires her dad so much; she takes after mm-hmm. him in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think she can keep him on his toes, maybe even more than uh, Uhtred, young Utrid. So that's sure, that's just like an interesting did. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, there's so much Gisela in her, and I love it. Um, mm-hmm. I think they the casting was really well done, and um, yeah. I'm so excited to see that relationship. But I also think it's interesting to be reminded that, like, not only does Utrid have you know, familial responsibilities, but so does Ethelflaed. And we've seen yeah. her as this leader of, of Mercia and of in battle. Um, but I, I always appreciate seeing that other side of her, which is the maternal side. And she wants to do right by her daughter. And it's so, have there's we, so much ails with in that kind of interaction sure. that she has. Um, have we seen know. her interact with Aelflynn before? Like, I feel like she's been mentioned and they talk about the child and they talk about how she doesn't look like Ethelred and all that. But I don't know if we've ever, like, seen her. We might have got beyond, a glimpse of her. Right. Beyond, like, a background thing. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, the first time we really get to see Athelflaed as a mother. Um, and I, it, it, yeah, like you said, like, that was a really an interesting side of her that we haven't really gotten to see before. I also find it really interesting that Ethelstan is there. I, I know that he right. was in the monastery um, and that they were talking and moving him. But yeah, I do find it interesting that it was decided that it was going to be Ethelflaed's estate that he goes to. I just... Yeah, I guess like, you know, Aleswith made those deals and whatnot and made stuff happen. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it doesn't... It, it doesn't make total sense to me to send him to a family member's estate because, I mean, you'd think that'd be one of the first places they would look for him when they decided sure. to look for him. Um, but I guess since, you know, he's a lot of people think he's a bastard. And so and a lot of people don't even know that he exists. So I guess in a way, like they kind of just don't really assume that he'd be important to anybody at this point, which is sad. But, you know. <laughs> Poor Ethelstan. Poor little Ethelstan. So, but you know, his aunt and his grandma are taking care of him, even if his father isn't. So, yeah, two badass women. I mean, I would rather have them as they my are guardians. Like, I think they <laughs> they are seriously killing it right now, and I'm loving it. So, yeah, yeah it's so good. So you know, while they're they're at Salt Witch, um, they leave. Uh, Finnan and Citric and Osforth to kind of watch over the kids. Love it. Um, poor Steora is still stuck there. Taking <laughs> care really of dumb children. Get, God, she wants <laughs> to get out of these babysitting duties so bad. Um, yeah. I feel for her. Uh, and Uhtred and, and Ethelflaed ride back to Mercia, um, where Edward has kind of arrived as well. Um, mm-hmm. He's brought you know, his whole guard, which just seems like overkill and really aggressive. Um, A really intense show of force. 
Yes, and he he rides up, you know, with the intention of holding Ethelred accountable um, mm-hmm. for invading East Anglia. I mean, it's just such a weird flex um, the way he yeah. comes to Mercia, and then when he sees just how you know close to death's door Ethelred is, he he kind of switches gears and realizes, well, this dude's not going to live long. It doesn't make sense to just yell at him in his bed. Um, I need to, like, start making moves to control the succession of Mercia myself um, because I think he does also realize, and it's, you know, told to him um, pretty bluntly by Uhtred that, you know, Mercia kind of wants to break from Wessex because you've been a shit king. I, I liked that moment where Edward and Athelflaed and Uhtred are kind of discussing what they're going to do because there are moments where you think that maybe Edward is going to listen to sense. But mm. then, of course, you know, Athelhelm no. comes <laughs> sidling up and is like, actually, we're going to do it this way. And I just like, you know, Edward has this real bravado. Like he wants to be seen as like this great young king. But at the same time, he is so easily led by Athelhelm. Like it's mm-hmm. ridiculous how easy it is for um his father-in-law to manipulate him. So he really, like, he likes to think of himself as an independent ruler, but he really is not at all. Um, yeah, I think he's he sees the outward strength of people like Uhtred and Ethelfled, and that, mm-hmm. um, you know, threatens him. I think he doesn't recognize the power that Ethelhelm has and how manipulative he is because he sure. is able to hide it. And so I think mm-hmm. that's one of Edward's biggest flaws is to not be able to see the real, you know, kind of threat to his rule, which is not his sister. It's his right-hand man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also, I really want to talk about the scene um, between Athelflaed and Athelred when they sort of talk mm. one last time. So allow me to choose someone suitable and I promise you this kingdom will thrive. I agree. You should approve the match. Only you were as faithful to me as you are to Mercia. If you had not treated me with so much cruelty since our wedding night, perhaps things could have been very different between us. Like, first of all, I enjoyed seeing, like, Athelflaed and Edith meet, and I think they did a really a really great thing on the show. Like, yes, there is tension because it is the wife and the mistress, but I loved that they didn't like immediately like hit them against each other. Like, yes, there's, you know, some stuff they need to work through, but like they end this episode, like a pretty decent team. And that's pretty rare and pretty great. Yeah. It's a good, good switch up. I think. Yeah. And so like Edith wants to get the hell out of Dodge. Eardwolf wants to stay and sort of see how he can continue to climb the ladder. And he like tries to pull rank with Athelflaed, who's like, I mean, Uh. yeah, yeah. Like Athelflaed and Athelred had a bad marriage, but like she's still his wife and she is still the lady of Mercia. And he's like, actually, I think I'm going to stay. And she's like, actually, you're going to get the hell out of my face and go somewhere else so I can talk to my husband poor edith man like you know she's just over there like god my brother's such an idiot i just want to peace out to france she (laughs) hates him so much you can tell like yes there's that you know that familial bond and they're in this together at this point but like you can tell she's looking for her way out um for sure 
but yeah, like Athelflaed and Athelred, they sort of talk one last time and he kind of apologizes for what a terrible husband he was and how cruel he was to her. And she's like, you know, too little, too late, but also thank you. And she kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and I think she kind of leverages that guilt that he feels about what a terrible husband and king he was to, to um, protect her daughter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's, you know, she asks him, like, please don't let her be married off to somebody to, you know, without my consent. And he's like, well, she's not my daughter, but I guess I owe you this. And so he tells her, like, he's not going to let that happen, which I don't think he's really in a position to promise anything when he's on his deathbed. But at least, like, they have that sort of moment of, I wouldn't call it reconciliation because, again, way too little, way too late. But they sort of leave acknowledging that it was a bad marriage and it was a bad marriage because of his behavior And, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I think, uh, one, Ethelflaed, you've got to get it in writing, girl. I mean, get it in writing. (laughs) If your dad taught you nothing else, it was to write shit down. Um, But, two, I think this is, it's really, (sighs) I think it's what both of them needed. Because, obviously, Mm -hmm. Ethelred is is going out this episode. Um, Sure. And I think he needs to... He needs to try to make some kind of move to secure his his legacy and his throne. And maybe giving Ethelfla the reins will do that because he knows that she has Mercia's best interests at heart. Um, mm-hmm. I think for Ethelfled, it's it's definitely more um, it's being able to kind of close a door on something that's haunted her for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she's she's kind of been living her life always a little bit worried of how Ethelred's going to kind of, you know, enact his revenge or, you know, try to hurt her because that's just the asshole that he was. And so I think, yeah, this just feels like, okay, we're going to shut the door, we're going to lock it, and we're just never going to go in that room again. And, yeah, yeah, it's pretty therapeutic, I think, for for them both. I hope Mm -hmm. that Ethelred doesn't get too much um, peace, rest and peace from it. Right. (laughs) But I appreciate that he, he at least did one kind of, small semi right thing before he right. he went to the other life um right. unfortunately it yeah it doesn't really mean much because again nothing is in writing and um ethelred's dying and so edward is really kind of moving into that space and mm-hmm. um ethelhelm is pulling his strings and it is just so annoying i love the like drama of like political intrigue. Me but too. These two together, I I just cannot stand. Like, Ath- yeah, Athelhelm is like seriously on my shit list right now. Like mm. he he is working so hard to silence all of these women around Edward who are trying to you know advise him in a different direction. Um, and yeah, Edward, you know, Edward makes a comment that he wants his mother to like publicly apologize for calling on the Welsh king and to sort of be forced to acknowledge that that insubordination but Athelhelm really takes it like a step further and he tells his like the guy who I guess is taking over from Steapa and he's like hey so Edward wants his mom punished not just like reprimanded he wants her punished and so Mm -hmm. she is forced into consignment um and I like 
Oh my god! Like that scene where she, um, where she's basically forced into being alone. Um, I loved that scene where she sort of faces off against um, Edward's wife, and she's basically like she speaks without authority. Like, look how she trembles. So even though ah. she's being like, even though she's being like forced into house arrest, she's gonna make it clear that like. There's one queen around here, and it's Aelsweth. So, yeah. you know. Sorry, Aelsweth. Like, sorry, Aelsweth, the usurper. Like, you're a coward, whatever. Um, so, yeah, but Athelhelm is really determined to be the only voice that Edward listens to at this point. Um, and he is, he's not, he has zero qualms about really abusing Edward's family in order to do that. Yeah, and I think it's made easier because Edward kind of recognizes how the the rift that has happened in Mercia because of everything that Ethelred mm-hmm. has done and everything that Edward has done. And um, these eldermen are, like, at each other's throats. The, the mm-hmm. people are at each other's throats. There's, like, you know, fights in pubs. And, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not good in the kingdom right now. And so it's easy, I think it's easier for Edward to be like, yeah, I do need to take control of this and, and kind of throw my weight around because, look, these people are just, you know, fighting all the time when mm-hmm. really, like, a lot of that is your fault. Um, and yeah. I think it's interesting, too, this kind of situation, because Ethelfled Ethel has done so much to kind of secure Mercia and make sure the people are safe. Um, and she's pushed out of so many of these negotiations. And yeah. at, at one point, Uhtred is, just comes to her and is like, let's just go. Like, you can come to Cookham with me. We'll raise our kids. We'll be happy, you know. And um, mm-hmm. Ethelflaed kind of expresses this uh, this faith in the eldermen and the faith in the Mercian people that I'm just like kind of like really I, I and even Uhtred says like just because you win battles doesn't mean you know the people will thank you for it always and I'm just like right. that's such a so much wisdom like coming from him because he has experienced that and still Ethelflaed is over here like no I. I know that they'll do the right thing. And I'm like, I wouldn't put my trust in these elder men at this point because they're only going to be out for themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they make it clear that there are basically these two Mercian eldermen who are kind of jockeying for the position of whoever's going to take over after Athelred. You've got Burgred who lost one of his sons and he's looking to secure the position for his family legacy. And then you've got mm-hmm. Ludica who is playing the game a little bit better than being like outwardly belligerent. Like he's sort of getting in with Edward and he's trying to, you know, play off this position of being a very rational and, you know, Mercian focused man and not out for it for like personal glory. And Edward is like immediately brought in to that. Like he's like, okay, so Ludica is the guy we're going to listen to. And, you know, I think for a second, he thinks about marrying off Elfwyn to him, who, like, Ludica's like an old man. Um, too old. But way too old. And then he, he meets Eardwolf and is like, okay, so this guy, he doesn't have any lands, but he's, like, the head of Athelred's army. And, you know, Eardwolf has basically gaslit everybody into thinking that he was the only one that, like, kept Athelred from completely driving them into ruin. And so, like, right. 
I think Eardwolf, he kind of like accidentally lucks into being in Edward's good graces because he's a really, like, he's an idiot, but he's also a pretty talented liar. Yeah, and he's very lucky, apparently. (laughs) Extremely lucky. Um, But yeah, like, almost immediately, Edward's like, all right, so we're going to marry off Elfwyn to Eardwolf, and Ludica's going to give, you know, he's going to get a bunch of land, and he's going to give Eardwolf the support he needs to become an alderman. And it's just, like, they make these deals, like, so quickly. Like, so mm-hmm. quickly. Um, this is the fate of, like, entire kingdoms and over one dinner. Like, right. you haven't even got through all the courses yet of that dinner. <laughs> and you're right. already like, yep, done. You're king. Like, like, I get it. Like, they need to, like, you know, they need to move quickly because, yes, Mercia is in a very precarious position. But it's just, it's done with such haste that there's no way that these these are good decisions, you know, like these are not decisions that will benefit the Mercian people. Also, I, if I have to hear like how another young girl is going to be fertile for so many years. Disgusting. As, like, I like, just. That, I, you know, Pure League was disgusted and I was just dis- as disgusted alongside <laughs> him. <was> done. <laughs> I was done. Pure League has been like the low key MVP of this season and I love him. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's a lot. Um, but before we, before we like move on to talking about the repercussions of that, I really do want to talk about that scene between Edith and Ethelred, um, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. he is like, so you're like always here. Were we in love? And she's like, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and she's like, boy, no. Um, And I, I liked that he apologized. Not that, like, I liked, I mean, I liked that he apologized, but I liked her response to his apology where she was talking about how, like, women are used to being mistreated and we are taught to endure it. Um, mm-hmm. That was just, like, I felt like that just said so much about her and how, you know, she's been used, like, upon with all these different men in her life. Like, her father was obviously scum and her brother also sucks. And Athelred is terrible. And so she is just, you know, stuck in this position to just, if she wants to stay alive, she just has to take this level of mistreatment. And that is such an awful position to be in. Yeah, it's it's really kind of sad to see. And I, but I, I do appreciate that we, um, that they're not playing her as just a one note character, because I think it's easy to see women like Aleswith and Ethelfled and Brita um, mm-hmm. and even Gisela. And these are women um, in in different positions than what Edith is in. They have sure. a bit of power. They have status. There's protection that comes along with that. Um, obviously, they've all been through terrible things as well, and they've been mistreated. But I think that kind of almost like nihilistic attitude that Edith has is something mm-hmm. you would only have if you're you know, a poor woman who your kind of options are just severely limited because you're never going to be the wife of a nobleman or a queen. You know what I mean? There's it's a different level of um, torture that kind of life is. And, yeah, I appreciate that we get to see that from Edith. And and we also see that it hasn't broken her. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. not her brother like she's she seems like a pretty good person all things considered and so yeah yeah, it's just another kind of view of like a woman's strength of not letting the world kind of get her down um or corrupt her which is what it's done to her brother and so 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that was a really sweet scene, and she even she even offers to go get the bones of Saint Oswald <laughs> for I him. Know. Like, like, come on! I'm not gonna be fetching my abusers. Like, I'm not gonna be fetching bones for my abuser on his deathbed. Like, no, just let him you die. Good, Edith. <laughs> Edith, like, I'm ready for Edith to like have something good happen for her. Like earlier yes. in this episode, like her brother was just like so unkind to her, and like. You know, that when he says, for a whore, you lack ambition, <gasps> I was just like... I gasped. No, I was like, all right. me? Get out of here. <laughs> like, that was just... That was too much. Um, yeah, yeah. What like a if damn we insult. didn't, if we didn't hate Eared Wolf before, we hated him now. Like, that did we've, it. we've hated him pretty much since he showed up, so... I mean, yeah. I've seen him as, like, this, like, you know, slimy kind of little snake who's just trying to better his position. But this episode really changed that for me a bit. Like, now I'm seeing him as, like, the cruel kind of ambitious, I'll sacrifice anyone or anything for what I want person. And so it's mm-hmm. like, he's a little bit more dangerous than I thought he was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that we we find that out pretty quickly <laughs> because yeah. Ethelred, um, you know, again, trying to do one good thing on his deathbed and keep his promise to Ethelfled, you know, to protect her daughter. And so when Erdwolf comes to tell him, like, I'm going to be married to her and I'll um, be leading Mercia so, like, you can rest in peace knowing that I'll take care of everything, Ethelred's like, Nah, something in my gut tells me I shouldn't trust you. So, no, yeah. we're not going to do that. Yeah, like, Athelred is clearly, like, you know, he's losing control of his faculties, and he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember what Earwolf has been to him. And so, but he just, he knows, he has this instinct that, he's a liar and he knows that Erdwolf is not going to do what's best for Mercia. He's going to do what's best for himself. And so, you know, with his last bit of strength, Athelred is like, absolutely not. Fuck you. Get out of my face. And uh, I think he kind of, you know, misplayed his hand there because Erdwolf mm-hmm. clearly has no qualms about uh, killing him in a very violent way. Oh, um, my God. Uh, like, crushed his head like a cantaloupe, dude. It disgusting. was disgusting. And, well, they, and they made sure we heard all the sounds, you yes, know, like the squishing. Bone crunching. And, uh, uh, yeah. Well, like, you know, it's one of those things, like, I get it. Like, Athelred is in a really bad way, and I know they don't have, like, autopsies to where they can, like, check and see, like, <laughs> sure. how he died. But, like... You would think that that level of violence would have, like, left a really physical mark, you know? Like, Mm. you would think that they would have been able to look at Athelred and be like, I think he was helped on his way to hell at this point. (laughs) Like, this is not just dying from his wounds. His neck is broken and his head is crushed. Um, Yeah, I mean, just the copious amounts of blood thrown across the bed and, like, it's just... I, like, I would be able to tell if I walked in on that. But, again, right. maybe people just don't care enough because he was such an that's, asshole. I think that's a good point where everybody's like, all right, finally he's dead. Like, we're not going to look yeah. into it. Like, Athelred's dead. We don't have to deal with him anymore. Um, but, yeah, it's it's bad. And Athelfled, you know, immediately is like, oh, okay, so now he can't help me protect my daughter. So she's going to be used as a pawn. This is mm-hmm. really bad. 
Um, and also, Edith sees her brother do this. I think that's a yes. huge, huge thing because she's coming back with the bones of St. Oswald and she kind of peeks in um, and she sees her brother on top of Ethelred, um, you know, crushing his head like a grape. And she's <laughs> appalled and she's like, oh, like this is, you know, I, she's seen him kill before, but I think this is this something is the different. Last he straw. has. Yeah, he has the 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 balls to kill a king. Like he'll mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the both both women are not in good good positions after Ethelred's death, and mm-hmm. um, Ethelred kind of comes to her brother because she learns, you know, that he's chosen Erdwulf to lead Mercia to you know you know be her her daughter's betrothed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just gross. And she calls Edward out on that. And what does he do? Puts her in confinement, too. Because apparently, yes, like, that's, that's what you do handles. when women, like, get out of control. Huh. Right. It's basically the Saxon version of a lobotomy for hysteria. Um, Seriously. But yeah, like, it was just, like, that scene where she's arguing with Edward and Athelhelm. And she's like, everything I've done, I have done it for Mercia. Like, how can you be treating me like this? And it was just, it was such an intense moment. And I, ugh, again, another horrifically, I mean, it's a good line, but also like, yikes. When Athelhelm, when she's like talking about how, you know, how can we marry my daughter who is so young off to someone who is so cruel? Like, what is that? What is that going to mean for her? And Athelhelm, when he's like, perhaps it will treat her more deference than her mother has. I just, like, I that man needs to die before the end of the season. And I hope it's a woman that kills him. Because, like, he just, I, Athelhelm, like, there are a lot of bad dudes on this show. But at this point, I think Athelhelm is, like, enemy number one right now. For sure. he is just, just out of control. Mad with power. Get him out. Yeah, and he's he's slowly kind of cutting off every familial tie that Edward has. He's... He's put Aylesworth in confinement now. Ethelflaed's in confinement. He's making mm-hmm. sure he's the only voice that Edward hears. And unfortunately, Edward is listening to him. And so, you know, right. he sends men to Saltwich to pick up Elfwin. And um, uh, the the Cookham crew is there. And they're, we're thinking, like, it's probably going to get a little bloody because I can't imagine, like, they're going to be cool with um, this new development. And, you know, Stiora, our little, like, you know, secret badass, has a plan because she is her mother's and her father's daughter. Yeah, I think she she worked out the plan with Uhtred before they left because, like, mm -hmm. they knew that they're—like, they were not leaving them with enough people to withstand anything. So they had to use, you know, their cunning instead of their brute force. And, yeah, I love this scene where, you know, I think— um, Finnan and Citric, and they were like getting prepared to like go fight. And she's like, actually, we're going to do this my way. We're going to do this differently. I'm sick of these dumb kids, but also I'm going to protect them. And she is just like so crafty and I love her. And so they, yeah, they like hide out and she tricks them into thinking that like Uhtred came and took Elfwin away 
when they're really just hiding in different corners of the house. And it was so awesome. good. I loved this scene. It was like, so good. Put your muscles away, boys. We're going right. to use our brains today. Right. Um, yeah, just so genius. And mm-hmm. um, she's also, like, I, again, it's, it's very clever, but it's also, she's so, there's a bit of fearlessness in her. Like, she faces down this, you know, guard of grown men, and she's just, like, smirking the entire time. Like, it's just, yeah, there's, you can tell the differences between her and her brother, and I I like that they are so kind of opposite in a lot of ways, because um, it it just, yeah, it gives us, it gives us a little look at what could have been with this family if things had gone differently. I, I don't know. I just, I love it. I love Steora. Yeah. Um, such a good character to add. Yeah, like, I guess I never really thought about that before, like, what these kids would look like and what they would be like if their mother had lived and if Uhtred could have been a more present dad. Like, what would their family dynamic be if things had been different? Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's clear that, like, Stiora got to see her dad more and was, mm-hmm. you know, had built a better relationship with him. But I'm curious, like... How often had she been able to see young Uhtred, do you think? Like, he's been, like, living in a monastery, but they seem to be, like, pretty friendly. So, well, I mean, yeah, she, she recognized him as, right. when and she opened she, the door. Yeah, like, did she see him more often? Because, like, it didn't seem like he ever saw his dad, so how would he see his sister I don't know. I'm I the family like how often they like meet up for a potluck is pretty unclear, but I'm gl- <laughs> I'm glad that they're all together now because I think that's what Gisela would want. Yeah, and so Uhtred um he rides up after the men leave um and they kind of quickly uh get their belongings together. They take as much as they can cuz they're riding to Chester, I think Yeah, is, I think it's Chester, um, Ke- Ke- Chester. The pronunciation is very there's a lot of hard c's yeah but sometimes a c and a and e can be a ch right who knows guys we're trying our best okay right um but there basically this is a place up north it's a a roman fort really good defenses Mm -hmm. the road is going to be super dangerous but if they can get there they'll be safe and um that's where they're headed and ethelfled is still stuck in mercia she's in confinement she knows like that Uhtred had, you know, ridden to Saltwich to get her daughter and to take her there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, she's kind of, you know, trapped until Edith comes to help her. Yeah. Um, and I like at first that Ethelwood's like, mm, bitch, I'm not going to trust you. Like, you've been sleeping right. with my husband. And Edith's like, not because I wanted not to. that <laughs> different, Ethelfled. Yeah, I think I think it was good for Edith to, you know, have this moment to be like, this is not what I wanted. And not a single thing we did was consensual. So get off my case. I was just <laughs> trying to survive like you're trying to survive now. We're not that different. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, at this point, like, Athelflaed has had a little bit of agency in, like, the political machinations that she's done. And Edith hasn't. So she's done the Mm -hmm. best she can with what she had. Um, But, yeah, like, I hope they, like, spend more time together in the future because I loved both of their scenes together in this episode. Um, But, yeah, Edith helps her escape with Aldhelm, who also never expected to love him, but he's doing great right now. (laughs) Um, Like, he's 
he's a guy you want to have on your side. That's for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, Athelflaed gets out, and she... Um, now where is, where is she heading again? Because she tells Edith to find, um, Uhtred on the road to Kester. So she's obviously not heading there yet. So is she going to... Okay, I was going to ask you if you knew. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, have have we just not learned yet? I just felt like, yeah, it was clear that Edith is going to meet Uhtred, um... And to tell uh, her that Athelflaed escaped. Right. But where she's escaping to, I'm not sure. Right, Unless, because is she going well, to Wessex to get her mom? I don't. Um, that's I don't actually know. a good thought. Maybe she's going to help uh, Aleswith because I don't think she's going to stick around Mercia because you know uh-uh. she's talking about how she doesn't want to abandon them, and Aldhelm is like, "Lady, they abandoned you." So uh-huh. I, I, I think going to Wessex to save her mother is a good guess because I like, feel like it's either that or maybe she's going to. To again, like raise the fjords and and see what allies she can. Yeah, I don't know, but because that feels like a almost like an act of like a preemptive act of war, and I just don't think she's there yet mentally to be like, yeah, this is my only option. You know what I mean? That doesn't seem like Ethelflaed something Ethelflaed would do. So I'm. But I'm at the same time, she's, like she's been pushed a lot in this episode. Like she I has. mean, she's I mean, she's had to deal with her brother for a long time, but he really showed like how little regard he has for her and to have the elderman who she just busted her ass to like save as many of them as she can, basically forcing her out, even though she's given so much to Mercia. So like again, like Aldholm says, like they abandoned her. Why would she, you know, I guess she's more noble than I am, but I'm like, why would she help them when they've basically, you know, given her the middle finger and, you know, locked her away? So, I don't know. I'd ride to, I'd ride with Uhtred and just live out your life, like, happily ever after. Like, that, that moment where he's like, listen, like, we could have a good life there. Like, let's go, you know, raise a bunch of kids and have a farm. I was like, girl, take it. That sounds like a great time. But, I want that you know, farm life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think unfortunately, Ethelflaed, it, she's yeah. too noble. She's she is. Got, and she's ambitious. Like, she is. I don't want to say it's all like, I don't want to like put her on a pedestal and say it's like, oh, she's just so honorable and so noble. Right. She's got ambition. She has of course. plans and ideas for Mercia. And I think that's, that. yeah, that's fine. Um, but I think, yeah, we're starting to see that she, there's a divide between them as far as like what's some what's most important and I think this loss at Bebenberg has kind of shifted Uhtred a little bit and yeah. um Flood is still like all in for Mercia and so yeah I'm interested to see how that goes going forward too yeah Uhtred is ready to just like wife her up and settle down and Athelflaed is like he wants to retire he does he's <laughs> tired and he's just sick of this shit so he's getting too <laughs> get old it. for it so but Athelflaed you know, she's still got moves to make, and I respect that. So, we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, guys, it's time for our next episode wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what do you think is going to have the next episode? All right, so it's super clear at this point that Edward has absolutely no respect for the women in his life and is, you know, determined to shut up his mother and his sister in an extremely literal sense um, yeah, he did you know, not pay attention in those women's study courses. Um, he never he even showed up for class. Never even showed up to <laughs> class. Didn't do the reading. <laughs> he blew it off. Um, you know, and I think, you know, he continues to underestimate them because Athelflaed, you know, immediately escapes to start shit. And Aleswith is making deals despite being under house arrest. So I think he's he's making a grave mistake by going against mm. his mother and his sister and they both love him, but I also think they're both running out of patience with him, as they should be. Um, yes. So, yeah, like, I stand this mother-daughter duo. Like, I seriously, I cannot get over how much I'm enjoying Aleswith this season. Never thought I'd see the day. Um, <sighs> and, yeah, I just, like, I cannot wait to see how all this family drama plays out. It's my favorite thing. Agreed. I'm, I'm also loving, you know, that woman power that Aleswith and Ethel Flutter um, delivering. I also really love a good on-the-run story. Me too. Um, so I hope we kind of stick with Uhtred and his crew next episode and leave the political scheming behind in Mercia. Mm. Like, I, I do want to see Edith kind of get out, so if we need to, like, visit with her a little bit. Um, like, normally that kind of intrigue and drama really greases my gears, but I think the men are sexist pigs, and worse, they're all dumb as a bag of rocks, so it's just yeah. really not... The lack of, like, you know, it's it's been kind of interesting to, like, watch this season play out. And I just, I feel like it's trying to echo, in a way, like, all that Alfred had to deal with in, like, season one with the Elderman mm. and all that. But I don't think any of them are as smart as Alfred was or as even as, like, Otto was and all of these other, you know, Eldermen that we've lost in the past. There's just not yeah. the same level. And they're just, like, children making these terrible deals. Yeah, they're little weasels. Um, mm. They're just running around causing chaos in Mercia. Let's road trip and leave this whole mess behind, is what I yeah. say. So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. So, who's your favorite in this episode, Jessica? I mean... Sorry to Uhtred, sorry to Ethelflaed, sorry to the whole Cookham crew. It hurts my heart, but um, I now answer only to Steora. Like, she's got sense. my sword. <laughs> really, she's, 
She's the best of both of her parents. She's a badass teenager, just longing for adventure and really resenting these babysitting duties. And I relate, like, hard. Yeah. Yeah. She is basically an immediate favorite, right? Like, I'm obsessed with her already. Um, I'm going to go with Edith on this one. Like, her brother really fancies himself the deal maker, but it's so clear with every new episode that Edith is the real power player here. Like she may not have the position, but she has the, the wits to sort of Mm. make something of herself and make something of her family. Um, I love that she didn't coddle Ethelred even in death. And she, you know, she pretty immediately formed an alliance with Aelfled and she's about to go meet up with the cooking crew. I just, I love her. I want good things for her. And I, I cannot wait to see like how she becomes a part of the team. Oh, it's going to be such an interesting dynamic when she's so like good. inserted there. Oh my God, can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Get ready to shave down the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the week. So, Alyssa, I, I don't think I have to like really guess, but go ahead. Who did you I'm, hate this episode? I mean, I hate a lot of people, but I'm just sure. sick of Athelhelm shit. Like, this man is playing Edward like a puppet, and he is doing everything that he can for his own personal gain. And, you know, since he's so in deep with Edward, like, he won't get his comeuppance until Edward does. But I'm counting down the hours, nay, the minutes, until I can mm. watch this smug bastard fail. But I also feel like I need to throw Athelred into here one last time since he was he's been a mainstay in this section for us and now he will sure. never be in it again. So bye Athelred. Pour Burn one out, hell. I guess. Pour one out. <laughs> Burn in, in hell. Pour <laughs> one out in celebration for that asshole's death. It was it was time. Yeah, this this section is really gonna miss Athelred. I'm I'm shocked it's to true. say. Um it's true. But uh, just because he dies doesn't mean he's not still a turd, so he belongs mm. here. Um, just yeah. just assume he'll always be here, haunting this right. section. Um, <laughs> but I think this episode uh, was a bad one for all the brothers out there. Um, between mm. Edward invading Mercia with his armies and marrying off his niece against his sister's wishes, um, and Erdwolf kind of, you know, obviously calling his sister a whore, which, ugh, and uh, killing Ethelred, so he could be named king i mean man it makes me so glad that my parents never saddled me with a male sibling <laughs> like i love my sister so much thank mm. you mom and dad <laughs> right right yeah that makes sense to me but you know yeah <laughs> i think aired wolf is gonna sort of take over athelred's position in this section mm-hmm. as long as he survives for sure for sure yeah Now, no character is safe on The Last Kingdom, so, um, but some of them seem to be flirting with death more than others. Ninth century life was fleeting and barbaric, but that doesn't mean we can't have a little fun with it. Get ready to place your bets on who's headed to Valhalla soon, because this is the Viking death pool. All right, who's got a, who's got a target on their back, Jessica? Edith, girl, you oh. are in danger. <laughs> oh, no. Seriously, I think she's underestimating her brother's cruelty and ambition, mm. um, which is crazy to me because she just witnessed him crush Ethelred's skull. Um, mm. I, I I hope she kind of gets out of Mercia and is able to hook 
like hook up with Uhtred's crew and she'll be safe there. I, I think it'll happen, but I, I think she's going to have to really use her wits to get out of this because once her brother finds out that she betrayed him, it's not going to be good. Yeah, but at the same time, I just don't see Erdwolf being smart enough to pull off, like, all of the plans that Mm. he's made. Like, I think he's been flying by the seat of his pants, like, this whole time. And there's only so many people you can kill whenever you make a mistake to sort of hide that. Um, And I just, I really, I think he's overly ambitious and he doesn't have the wherewithal to follow through. Um And so I, you know, I hope he gets his before too long. And hopefully it's somehow at the hands of his sister now that she's like, you know, planning on leaving and like joining the Cookham crew. Like, I don't know if that's possible, but if he can somehow, you know, be, you know, get his cutthroat by Edith before the season is over, I would be thrilled. See, I feel like, you know, it is a good point because if if he can't marry um, Elfwyn, then he his he doesn't claim have a, to the throne is right. yeah it's really precarious. What if all of these eldermen kind of band against him and we get like an Ides of March like stabbing of Caesar kind of oh, deal? That would be so good. Would that would be that. good. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Just just give him a, a really brutal death and we'll be happy, guys. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2020. The world is on fire. Honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. So, Alyssa, go first. Well, this episode is basically setting up a hunky reboot of the Babysitter's Club, and I'm obsessed 100%. with it. So, yes. yeah, pardon me while I go to write 100 domestic fanfics about the Cookham crew, because oh I God. love this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Finn's arms. That's all. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's all there you, you need. Go. Yeah, that's, that's all it. you need. So, End of yeah. sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like, is it weird that, like, I had to fan myself a little, like, watching our Cook'em crew kind of living domestic not, life in Salt Lake? Not weird at like, all. I 100% understand. Um, yeah. Finnan's muscle tank, and he's doing parlor <laughs> tricks. Um, Citrix day drinking. Osphorus catching up on his book club wrecks. That's like, like for quarantine some reason, goals right there. God, right? For some reason, like, normal century life, like, living with these guys is just as hot as the constant danger and bloodshed. So, who knew? Who knew? Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, what a great time. Now, since we recorded our previous seasons, the world has changed a little bit. Life has ground to a halt, and we're just doing our best not to lose our minds in quarantine. So goodbye, Geek Out, and welcome to Self-Care Corner, where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and doing to stave off the seemingly endless alone time. All right, what you got? (sighs) Okay, so again, another show I'm going to recommend, and I think this might have a little... um, a little link to you. Um, it's mm. called Run, and it's on HBO. Yes. Um, have we talked about this before? No. I feel like um, maybe me and you have talked about I think it. I, I think we talked about it. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have either. But, okay, so it's, talk about why you want to suggest it. Because I have some thoughts on the latest episodes. So I want to talk about it. But, yeah, okay. continue. Okay, okay, okay. So... Um, I love Merritt Weaver. I think she is Incredible. such an underrated actress. Yes. She was in, um, I, if you've seen Netflix's Unbelievable, oh my God. such a powerful um, yeah. miniseries, and she was amazing in it. She's got this, like, this way of speaking. It's very 
um, powerful and forceful, but it's also very kind of quiet and soothing. I don't know. It just, she's incredible. Um, also, Donald Gleason, like, such oh a cutie. God. One really of my good. I, I love that this uh, show gives him a chance to be this kind of, like, witty um, asshole. Because uh, mm. he doesn't, I, I don't think he plays that too much. I mean, obviously, Star Wars, like, he was the bad, he was a bad guy. But he was, like, almost for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this show, he gets to kind of be, like, back and forth between being, like, this super sexy Irishman and then being, like, oh, my God, dude, you're such a jerk. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I think the chemistry between them is just there, so... Their sexual Ugh. chemistry is so good that it makes me want to rip my skin off. It's, like, it's right? honestly, the oh. show this show is too horny for quarantine because... It's too like, much, yeah. It's too much. But I will say, I really, like, I loved the pilot and I really liked... Mm the second episode where it's basically just them like flirting and like being mean to each other on a train obsessed with it yes but I will say I haven't loved it as much since they've sort of opened it up beyond just them sort of reconnecting and now like they're setting up this whole like kind of seems like it's almost a heist so I didn't I didn't love the last episode I'm like obviously I'm like sticking with it and like I never mm-hmm. thought that I would be disappointed to see more Archie Punjabi because I love her loved her since the good wife <sighs> loved her since the fall but I haven't the loved the dynamic that she's brought to the show so I'm in it like I'm four episodes in like I'm obviously like gonna stick with it at this point but I haven't loved the shift as much as I loved that I mean that pilot was as good as any pilot I've ever seen incredible ever. and yeah, I'm glad I, I do that I'm glad that people are realizing that Donald Gleason is a babe because I've been beating that drum for years and I'm ready for people to get on board. <laughs> You've really been carrying that torch. You've been um, it's true. steering the the bandwagon mm-hmm. and now we're all getting on it. But there I think I, I agree. I think, you know, those first couple episodes on the train, there's something so, so interesting about it being like this contained thing. And it, it it's, you know, about these two people who made this pact that, um, if one of them texted the other one run, if they both texted it to each other, that they would just drop their lives and go. And that's such an interesting premise because you can see, like, wow. you know, that being a possibility in real life, like people actually doing that. And this idea of, like, especially Merritt's character leaving yeah. her family. And, yeah, there's just – there was – it's a really interesting premise. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think – some of the things that they've introduced um, later in the season with um, his character and yeah. what he's running from, um, I'm confused about. And so we'll like, I have faith that they'll bring it all together. But, I mean, if anything, just watch for the sexual the sexual tension. I mean, it's, it's off the charts. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, like— I've I've been watching Run. I've been watching Insecure. I rewatched Fleabag, which is always a favorite. Uh, sexual um, tension. Let's I talk know. about it. I know. Hot you priest. Got to have the hot priest in your life right now. And yeah, between that and subsisting on banana bread mostly, like that's just how it is right now. <laughs> that's okay. That sounds right. amazing. Yeah, so comforting. Not, banana bread so and Fleabag. Bad. Come on. There you go. There you go. That's all you need. All right, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at SciFiWare Fangirls. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. Bitches.